You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans, and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, literally wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at NOLA Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Wednesday, another game day for your New Orleans Pelicans as they travel up to Chicago to take on the Bulls in the second preseason game. We'll talk about that in the third segment coming up here in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Before that, though, we're going to talk about Zion Williamson, all the different ways the team used him in their first preseason tilt against Atlanta, and why this bodes really, really well for him going Going into the year and why I think he's going to have a lot of success. We're then going to talk about the NBA's situation with China. You've probably have read about it if you want to already, but I think there's some interesting things to kind of keep in mind that we'll take a look at. Things that, you know, potentially, should things kind of go poorly, could impact the Pelicans as well uh, and keep you up to date with everything going on there. So a lot to cover and let's just dive into it all in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So I talked about Zion yesterday in the win over the Atlanta Hawks of the first preseason game, but we had so much to get to from that game, and we we're just kind of flying high after all of the dunks and the spectacular plays, that I wanted to take a segment and just kind of look a little bit more at his play, break it down a little bit better, and to just kind of understand how he did some of the things he did, the areas he might struggle in, and there's certainly one or two there, and just how the team's going to use him, and we'll probably see if I'm right or wrong. Uh, Um, in tonight's game against the Chicago Bulls as he faces kind of his second challenge in the NBA, kind of doing this consistently now. But Zion obviously had a very good game. He scored 16 points on 13 shots. He was 6 of 13 from the field. That number's not great. He was 0 for 2 from deep, 4 of 7 from the line, grabbed 7 rebounds, 3 assists, did have 4 turnovers, but also had 3 steals along with 2 personal fouls. Overall, for a debut, that's a pretty good stat line. The dunks and the fancy layups uh, are obviously what's gotten kind of the headlines, but it was a very good game for him. And I rewatched all of his scoring plays and all of his uh, shot attempts. The Pelicans are using him in very creative ways, and it immediately kind of jumps out at you what they do to kind of get him with a head full of steam, all of that momentum going downhill at the basket and basically once he's moving and then you get him the ball once he's already in motion you may as well get out of the way of this dude because there is no stopping him whether it is the powerful dunks that we saw or the finesse with that up and under that he had uh, at one point So he can do it in a variety of ways. I mean, you saw Atlanta players just getting out of his way, making a business decision to not be on the receiving end of a thunderous slam and just getting put on a poster. That's pretty good when guys are getting out of your way in the first 
preseason game. Now, maybe they're doing that because the game doesn't matter and they don't necessarily care if they win or lose, but still, it kind of says something. But how do the Pelicans get him that full head of steam when he gets the ball? And again, that is the key, not just getting him the ball and letting him take someone one-on-one in an isolation situation off the dribble. It's how do you get him already moving? There's an action that's become pretty popular in the NBA in recent years called a pistol action. And it's at the start of a play and it's usually the first action in an offensive set. So the Pelicans want to play in transition. They want to get in the fast break and push the pace after a defensive rebound. But you can't play in transition on every single play. But they still want to push the pace and get in early offense if they're having to play in the half court. Pistol is a good way of doing that. It gets you an action early on in the shot clock that kind of starts the movement of your offense and then you can kind of go from there. There's multiple actions per play, but this is usually the initial one. And basically it's the guard who brings up the ball runs to one of the two wing spots on the left or the right, kind of right where the three-point line breaks and they usually get the ball to the wing in that position. And it's either then kind of a pick and roll uh, or a dribble handoff from there and you saw the Pelicans do this a lot in the game against the Atlanta Hawks the other night on that play it was the wing bringing the ball up got it to Drew Holiday uh, in a handoff situation then Holiday kind of did a dribble handoff to Zion Williamson who at that point was already moving and then he just went screaming down into the paint and put back that dunk for his first score of the game you guys can remember the one I'm talking about that's one of the ways they do it it's with that pistol dribble handoff action that just keeps the defense off a little bit but more importantly Zion Williamson moving and I think that's really going to be the key for him scoring at a pretty high level his rookie year his jumper is going to take a while to come along again 0 for 2 from 3 they weren't great looks they were open looks they just weren't great shots Um, you saw him at one or two times really try and kind of do something one-on-one doesn't work like that He's 6'6 without shoes, 6'8 with shoes. He's not a post player. This is not a guy who's just going to do his work down low below the basket, kind of similar to what Anthony Davis did. You don't need to make an entry pass to him in that area and slow down your offense. Everything with him and him being the focal point of it when he is the focal point of it has to do with motion and early actions before the defense is set. You don't want a big to get positioning on him down low defensively. He might struggle with that a little bit, at least in the beginning of his NBA career. But if you can find creative ways to get him moving, well, then that kind of eliminates the problem. So that pistol action is definitely one. You saw him in the pick and roll with Lonzo Ball where they already have some pretty good chemistry. Zion is a big dude. He sets pretty good screens just by standing there because he's so massive and so strong that basically it's just a brick wall that you're going to run into. Just slipping the screen uh, or setting that hard pick and then rolling, either way, gets him moving. He's pretty. He's got very good hands and now you've got a point guard that can easily make those passes to him in the pick and roll. The other way to do it is by putting him on the perimeter to start and then having someone else dribble drive and try and penetrate the defense. You saw this with Kenrich Williams where he attacked off of a closeout and three guys kind of collapsed to take away the lane from him. All he then did was kind of turn around 
and saw Zion Williamson following him. So Zion went with that cut from the three-point line towards the basket, following the guy with the ball. When the guy with the ball hit a wall, just turned around, flipped it to Zion, and at that point, again, full head of steam. That's when he's his most dangerous, and that's how he did a lot of the scoring. They weren't really set jumpers. They were all kind of in the middle of actions, him moving. That's going to be the key to him scoring at the NBA level, I think. And I think you're going to see the Pelicans got him the ball in a variety of ways with him having momentum. This should be pretty simple to do on a night-in, night-out basis. Now, the rest of his game is going to take some time. The stroke isn't there. Four of seven from the free throw line is not bad. It's not good. You'd like it to be above 60%, but I think that might come with time. He still does not have his legs under him just yet. Still not in game shape, game speed, used to all of that. Hopefully that'll come with the conditioning and maybe he'll get a bit of a breather before the season starts from preseason as well. Um, If you saw one of the threes he took hit front iron, that's usually a sign of tired legs. He also played, I think, the entirety of the third quarter. That's a pretty long run for him, but clearly the Pelicans want to put him out there. He played 28 minutes to kind of get used to the speed of an NBA game game shape basically and I think it's a pretty good idea he had four turnovers in this and initially that kind of jumps out at you as maybe a rookie making some mistakes but I wanted to go back and rewatch those those aren't nearly as concerning as it just looks in the box score a cut one of those was on a uh, pass behind him from I think Brandon Ingram that I wouldn't really categorize as the fault of Zion Williamson the other ones somewhat but not nearly as much so when you look at him making mistakes I'm actually not concerned about it there was I think one bad pass one of the ones was he just chased down an offensive rebound got it but his momentum was carrying him to the baseline as he grabbed it and came down and hit the ground and well he was out of bounds so it was a turnover but that's on him chasing an offensive board there's not much you can do about that situation his turnovers don't seem like they're going to be an issue and when you really start to watch his game and break it down from the other night he's going to be a pretty efficient scorer I think as time goes on and he gets a little bit more comfortable with the speed of the game because this guy can do so much and you can get him the ball in very creative ways that just make it very tough for the defense to stop you know he's probably going to be the third leading scorer on this Pelicans team but if things go well for him this year I wouldn't be surprised if maybe he gets up to number two and he has a bit of a better offensive season than we were expecting So we're going to touch on China and then look ahead to tonight's game against the Chicago Bulls. Before I do that, though, don't forget, subscribe to the Locked On Pelicans podcast, this podcast, wherever you get your podcast from here Monday through Friday, breaking down everything you want to know about this team. Come on, don't even tell me you weren't excited after watching that win over Atlanta. You're going to want to know everything that's going on with this franchise, with Zion Williamson, with Drew Holiday, with Nikhil Alexander-Walker as well. Best place to do it right here, Locked On Pelicans, Monday through Friday. Subscribe. Never miss an episode. Leave a five-star review when you get a chance and tell a friend. All of that helps keep this free in five days a week, and I greatly appreciate it. So mainly, though, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. So if you haven't heard, the NBA's got a situation, let's call it, with China, and this is um, messy, And it's tough to even kind of figure out the best way to kind of talk about some of this and describe some of what's going on with everything. And look, 
I'm just not an international policy guy. I'm not even a real big political guy. This is not my area of expertise on any sort of thing, but it does sound like basically, you know, if you're pro-democracy, you shouldn't like what's going on here and anti-censorship and all of that. So I think those are simple things basically everyone can agree on with this. And I don't want to get into it too much. This is just one of those weird things and the NBA is kind of caught in the middle and it's difficult to figure out, you know, the best way to handle all of this. But I want to kind of talk about something on how there might be some, I don't know, like arms to this, branches to this that do impact the Pelicans. And the biggest thing that jumps out to me from like a pure basketball standpoint, like NBA standpoint, not a moral standpoint or anything like this, losing any sort of revenue or money from China can be a very big deal. They've got half a billion people that love basketball out there, that consume basketball out there. There's this magic thing called BRI, basketball-related income. It was the focus of the last lockout we had in, what, 2010? And this was... This is how they set the salary cap. A portion, you know, the BRI comes in, and then a section, a percentage of it basically is how you set the salary cap. And when we talk about the salary cap rising every year after every year, including those big jumps that it took, it's because the BRI number skyrocketed during that time, usually around broadcast rights. Those are kind of the biggest revenue drivers of everything. Well, if you lose China, that lowers the BRI number, which means the salary cap lowers which means teams might be in the luxury tax when they weren't before. That means there's less money to go around for players to sign in free agency. That means guys who have contracts that are indexed off a certain percentage of the cap, I think at least that means their salary goes down. There's significant impact to the league to the detriment of it if this money goes away. And maybe they do want to take a moral stand and there's nothing wrong with that, but it does have some other impacts. And basically to sum this all up, the way I see this going is Adam Silver tried to thread the needle between appeasing them in China and doing the right thing and standing by Daryl Morey, who started all of this with a a now deleted tweet um, that really upset Uh, the Chinese government who kind of has a totalitarian regime it sounds like over there and tried to thread the needle and then China basically came back and was like no you're not going to do that you need to apologize and we're upset and all of this and now it seems like you've got two sides that are staring at each other waiting for someone to blink and figuring out who's going to try and call whose bluff and I wouldn't be shocked if it's the NBA that does this and goes you know what Screw it. We don't need your money. Because Tencent, the broadcast company, paid $1.5 billion for the rights to broadcast the NBA in China. If you're paying $1.5 billion for that, you likely think you can sell advertisements and other things in there for more than $1.5 billion. Otherwise, you're losing money and no company wants to be in that kind of business. So I wonder if that's what's going to happen and then they end up just broadcasting it anyway and that is the end of that and this kind of goes away way and the NBA can say they won and stood their ground. But if it doesn't work and there is kind of a nuclear scenario or a really negative situation, that could get pretty ugly and it has some ramifications around the league that are kind of tough to comprehend. So this is a story that is really worth keeping an eye on that I don't know how it's going to play out. I don't really have a huge take on this other than like 
I don't know, kind of do the right thing seems to be pretty simple. It's a bit of a mess though, and we're going to see how this goes on. But man, this is a weird one with a lot of big ramifications. So keep an eye on this story because it indirectly impacts the Pelicans. So moving on from that, it's a game day here for your New Orleans Pelicans. Second preseason game taking on the Chicago Bulls. We're going to talk about that in the next segment. But before we get to that, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans brought to you by Indochino. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. Start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more at Indochino.com when entering Locked on at checkout. The Pelicans are up in Chicago to take on the Bulls tonight. Second preseason game for both teams here. Another chance to see Zion Williamson in action. We talked about in the first segment different ways the Pelicans are going to be able to get him open and get him some very easy offense. Another chance to see Drew Holiday potentially lead this team both offensively and defensively. And we're going to get to see what kind of works and what doesn't and start to see if any trends develop. Alvin Gentry after the game on Monday talked about how he wanted the team shooting 40 plus threes are they going to be able to do that again and how does the offense work if they do they don't have tremendous shooters out there you got JJ Redick Drew Holiday looked pretty good Lonzo took eight threes making three of them is that sustainable we've got a lot of questions for this as we're going to have all preseason and things I'm really curious to see again do they get Zion Williamson open in the same ways does it work in the same ways now that there's a little bit of film on it and you're not surprising people as much though I don't know how much scouting you're necessarily doing for a preseason game like this when really you're kind of working on your own things but it's going to be curious to see does his shot look a little bit better how do his legs hold up and what are the amount of minutes that he's going to be playing in this one he is projected to start their starters according to the game notes I have here Lonzo Ball Drew Holiday Brandon Ingram Zion Williamson Derek Favors Favors did not play much in the first preseason game he had some uh, hamstring tightness but also I think they just really know what he can give you he's a veteran guy not someone you necessarily need to see as much if he he starts and then plays a little bit and then parks his butt on the bench wouldn't be a big surprise to me. I think they're really looking to see what they have in Jaleel Okafor, give him a chance to shine, which he did against Atlanta with five offensive boards once the starters went out and really kind of carried that offense during that stretch. Uh, so we talked about Zion. You know, you kind of know what to expect and what we're looking for with him. Lonzo, again, the three-point shot's going to be a little bit intriguing. But what's the role that Nikhil Alexander-Walker is going to play? He did well in the first preseason game uh, against the Atlanta Hawks coming in in the third quarter and really lighting it up pretty instantly. His passing wasn't great. He finished with, I think, one assist and four turnovers. He was trying to make some of those passes, but was throwing in them into too much traffic or just not making it work. But the three-point shots there, the scoring at the rim is also there. This is a guy who's going to take someone's minutes. It just feels like it by the end of the season. Can he get someone's minutes early on, though? Is he going to be able to get someone's minutes just from these preseason games, from the summer league that he's had, and the training camp where he is impressing the coaches. 
It's going to be very intriguing. Does he get into the game earlier than he did? And if he does, that probably gives us a bit of an idea of what the Pelicans are thinking. Defensively, I'm going to be really curious to watch Zion Williamson in this. This is an intriguing matchup um, with the Chicago Bulls because they've got Larry Markinen, a stretch big who is often out on the perimeter. In the preseason game against the Bucks. he took eight threes. How does Zion do defending someone out there? We know he's capable of all the blocks uh, down low. He's got very good instincts to kind of swipe the ball away when someone's dribbling in traffic. But what about a big out there on an island on the perimeter? How does he handle that? This is going to be his first test for that. There's a ton of bigs that can shoot threes now. Is, is he going to be someone who can defend him? So these are some just some of the things I'm going to be watching for in this game. There, You're going to see still a weird rotation, weird lineups as they kind of figure out what works, what doesn't. But I'm excited because we just get to see Zion Williamson in action once again. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Don't forget, subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from, and I'll see you all tomorrow.